time to head to camp. Camp Crystal Lake, that is. We're celebrating this Friday the 13th with a 2-4. Because we're talking movies. We're talking to Friday the 13th. It's the original, written by Victor Miller and directed by Sean S. Cunningham. And the 2009 Friday the 13th, written by Damian Shannon, Mark Swift, and directed by Mark Nespo. I'm a messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. <laughs> you see... Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. <laughs> I mean, she didn't do a leprechaun lap, but whatever. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're going to be going to back in the day and doing some Friday the 13th action because it's Friday the 13th this Friday. We're going to be talking about the classic slasher film that started a franchise, the 1980 Friday the 13th and the 2009 remake. And since Scott is our resident expert on mm, families and horror movies, take it away. Okay. Well, in terms of the series themselves, this these two are the biggest, the highest grossing films of the franchise, of the standalone Jason films. This one, the first one, modest budget of 550000 which it grossed $59.75 million. And then the remake was $19 million, which grossed $92 million in change. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, hold on, hold on. Go back to that. How much did the original, because I, I have the same number as you, 500000 for production budget. And what do you have for? It's... I have, I have just under sixty million in gross. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yep. Sorry, I, for some reason I heard something different there. Uh, and I actually this for just specifically for this movie because we were comparing them. Uh, I calculated those in like kind of today's dollars. So basically, the original Friday the Thirteenth was made for a hundred and seven, or sorry, was one one point seven million dollars, and it basically grossed two hundred million dollars. So anyway, go ahead. You were saying about the uh, production budget for. The 2009 remake? I got 19, 19 million. Yep. With a gross of 92 million. Sounds good to me. And some change. Now, are you a Friday the 13th guy? I know we discussed this a little bit on the Halloween episode we did, but are you? So, I mean, I haven't watched these films in a long time. I mean, I went and watched, obviously, I, I watched it for the show. Um, I mean, I remember being younger and I've, I've seen all the way up, I think to like six or seven or eight, whenever he goes to New York, that one, New York, New York. Um, I mean, it's as, as a, as a, as a film guy, uh, I prefer Halloween and I also prefer the original John Carpenter Halloween. I don't, you know, really like a lot of the remakes and we, like you said, we talked about it on our Halloween show. So I'm going to say no. I guess the simple answer is no. No, I no I'm not. No, I'm not a I'm not but I'm not a horror movie guy either, right? So too scary. That's super fucking long-winded. That's usually my like stick in this fucking <laughs> podcast. And now you're trying to steal that. <laughs> at one at one point you're just going to have a, a split screen of you talking to yourself <laughs> in different voices, right? I mean, just stealing all my shit. Now, now that you say that, absolutely. So <laughs> Again, so I'm guessing, are you? Are you a, a Friday the 13th guy? I know you're a Michael Myers yeah, guy. Yeah, it's my second. Yeah, Halloween. Halloween's my first. Jason's my second. Um, Where's Kruger coming there? 
He's fourth for who's me. Your, who's your third then? Chucky. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Now, out of the slashers, right? Like my, if I'm going just horror franchises, it'll be Halloween. Then evil dead would be oh, two. Okay. Uh, slashers, Chucky over nightmare. But enough about that. I think in terms of just the films in general, I'm going to get this out of the way. The real star of this film, this franchise is Harry Mandafini, who wrote the fucking score. <laughs> yeah, man. Who does right. a better score? Do you think the classic Halloween soundtrack? Or not even the soundtrack, but you know that 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 classic Halloween, it's the intro? The intro. like Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not going to try and do it because I always fuck it up when I try and do it. That yeah. or the... Like... Which one do you think you is... You kill, 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 ma, 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 ma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one, because you can say it, right? You can it's say It's the same it. thing like Jaws, right? Dun, 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 dun. Like, you can just do it, right? Just do it. Um, but, yeah, like, I think he has the better score, but I think also, like, researching it, like, this guy's been doing films for decades, you're talking about the, you're talking win. about this for the scores. Yeah. Yeah. Like Harry Man, Mandafini, I apologize if I say his name incorrectly. But yeah, he's been doing films for decades. He's 77, still working. And he still hasn't won an Oscar. I mean, do do you have any of what do you have any on your list uh that maybe should have? Like big Oscar winning well, films? Well, I think this I think this film. This, I think but this the original... film this, but this film was never going to get it was never going to the fucking Oscars, man. Like you got to have the hype to I, get I, there, I right? Think for, I think four score, four score, four score, four eight, score, eh? <laughs> and seven fucking years ago, but I think just score alone, right? And, and like you're saying, I think there's a stigma on horror films. Like the work he put into this movie is the same as any other sure um, person puts in a film it doesn't differ just because it's a different genre doesn't mean the work's not there and i, right? and I don't so disagree why, with you why, and, go ahead you did. You, at the beginning you said this movie would never go to the like this no, no, that, i'm not saying that that's that's a, the right idea for the academy to take that position but i'm saying in 1980 they weren't looking at a fucking independently produced piece and i mean the as far as it's like actual critic rating um it's it's got a fucking 64 from critics and a 66 from the audience like it's not really known for being like a fantastic piece of fucking cinema the oscars were never going to see it therefore they were never going to hear it right so i don't i don't i don't disagree with you i think that you know there's all kinds of things special effects there's editing and stuff that are done on other films that are amazing that that should be oscar worthy but because they're in a, a slasher film or or maybe a rom-com or whatever they don't get the the attention from the academy so I mean, the the Academy's a bunch of big bullies anyway, so. You know what I mean? Preach. Okay. Preach. How, how do you How do you want to do this no. then? How do you, uh, do you want to go back and forth? Uh, do you want to, I mean, I'm going to let you kind of lead the show, man, because like you're the well, guy. One, I think, I think personally, the way you've presented this and on our social media with this episode, you've gone in and put it as a comparison, uh, a versus a one versus one right like it's mortal combat two people enter one's gonna leave that's right jason leaves in reality i don't i don't i don't think it should i 
I think what the original, like the original is a classic, but I think what this, the 2009 did, and I'm going to give the writers, Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, massive kudos for, it was literally like the way I see it is just, if you put these two films together in a drive-in as like a, a double feature, it works seamlessly perfect together. Sure. Well, I mean, they pick up, it's basically, this is like what they did with Halloween where they went back and they were just like, okay, we're going to get rid of all this other Canon and we're going to pick it up right here. Boom. The end of one is now the beginning of this film. And that's what they did with this, right? Well, they did this before Halloween, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, in people will, people who have recently seen what they're doing, like uh, McBride and them are doing with Halloween, how they just picked it up from the John Carpenter Boom, 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 boom. And they just threw out all the other canon of like Halloween 2 and, you know, what is, what's Halloween 3? The, the Witches, Age of the Witch oh, or something? Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch or whatever, Age of Aquarius. Um, <laughs> Age of Aquarius. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I think that's the, that's the thing that, because this was, the 2009 was marketed and packaged as, it's just a remake right like but, but it's not which is which is funny because it's it was a weird marketing ploy because it's not a remake it's not a remake the way that texas chainsaw massacre was a remake of the original yes you know it's like still what a period they did piece. with this film like yeah with this film 2000 the, the 2009 one all they did was take kind of the best hits of the jason side so part two to jason well jason x doesn't really count or or final friday so till new york they just took that and compressed it all into technically here's your little story beats which in reality makes 100 percent more sense than you know the end the last jump scare in the original where it's baby jason kid jason coming out of the water so he hasn't aged in 20 something years okay and then the next movie he's a grown man can i okay i want i want i because i found some of this stuff i don't want to say the use the word confusing it was just i didn't think it was written right i want you to tell me so in friday the 13th in 2000 the 2009 film okay Mm -hmm. is jason an undead creature like is he a supernatural creature no he he he, he's alive okay okay so let me let me let me let me walk I just blew your fucking and mind, didn't I? You're talking about in the 2000, just to make sure you're yes, talking about yes, it, yes, 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 yes. So what the, the 2009, 2000, like, they basically reshoot, and I've got an issue with that, but we'll talk about that in a sec. They basically reshoot kind of like the final chase scene with Mrs. Voyeurs. The original they do all that. W- Chicky gets her fucking head cut off, and then you see that Jason's there. And it's like, so what, was he fucking hiding for his mom the whole time? Like, what? what is going on here? Well... And, Riddle me that, Batman. Well, first, in terms of continuity and making sense, this if you this is the one series that really never really goes back to. I'm asking you a pretty, 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 finished. pretty fucking straight question here. Is and that, I'm telling you, I, the, the, if you watch the original and then go to this one, it way it makes 100 percent more sense that okay, she kills these people because let's say she thinks he drowned how do you how to think about and, that i want just before no 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 before you move on so you've got children mm-hmm. okay yes it's the, one of your let's say let's not not say one of your children but as a parent you'll understand this idea 
your child's in the ground in the water uh so either a what she didn't get the body back it's only a fucking lake okay so the body's gone and what mm-hmm. he didn't come back to her like that that, that makes zero sense like that makes no sense that she thought well, maybe she... you know maybe you know he he had some infixation and he lost his memory he was amnesic <laughs> and uh you know he what what got him going was you know weed that's why he decided in 2009 to be a weed farmer so again because again so that means <laughs> he survives as a child not with his mom but then shows up just in time to watch his mom get her head chopped off and then knows that it's her mom his mom that's why he's so upset and the whole locket and i mean i i like what they tried to do i liked how they tried to make that continuity i just wish they would have like done a better job with it um well if or you just make about... him undead and then we're good it just solves that fucking pro- pro- problem you know what i mean in, in the original franchise like not counting the 2009 in the re- original franchise jason doesn't become undead until part five he doesn't become the zombie Jason until so, part five. So in part two, because that's the first time he shows up with the bag on his head. Yes. Where, where He's the, a grown-ass man. Where the fuck was he? There's no explanation. He was a grown-ass man. And he he just he just finds Alice, kills Alice, and then starts on the new campus. Jesus, this is just like, you know, Michael Myers being able to, like, just, like, find his way back to the hometown where he was before, even though he was in a different insane asylum, like, far away, or they just keep putting him in the same fucking insane asylum by the by the thing. See, um, but that's the thing. Like, if you go from just the original to this one, it does make it more seamless. It, it kind of does make it, because at no point, because... By them redubbing that, the original vocals of Betsy Palmer, yeah, um, onto the the new actors, and just saying that you know she she thinks he drowned. You should have been watching him. Today was his birthday, and then you know she gets her head chopped off, and then he's just there, and he grows that vendetta, right? And then it's. 20 years later, no. this camp has You're, never it, been it, open anyway, again. Anyway, anyway, anyway. No, like, it still does... That part still doesn't work. I, I get what you're trying to say. Um, I actually want to talk about that scene because I had an issue with the filmmaking aspect of it. So I, I, I think it's fine to dub in her voice, but then don't show the fucking actor who is not her. Just, <clears throat> just use the dubbing, you know, always use POV, right? Blah, 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 blah. You never actually have to see the other actor because it was super jarring. And again, it's because I'm coming off of like one film directly into the next one. And I'm like, so there's Betsy Palmer. There's Betsy Palmer's voice. And there's fucking new actor. And I'm like, what? Just don't show the actor. That's an easy fix. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, what, uh, I, okay. I want to talk a bit about the first one, the original uh, what's your basic mm-hmm. takeaway on it? I mean, I it's it's uh, go ahead, go ahead. I've got my opinion. You know what I mean? So, like for me as a slasher, I think it it did well, right? Like this is you know this is the second degree of separation of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> this is where it started. Yes. And, <laughs> all right. Well, he started in Animal House before this, but and but this is like where he started to start gaining some notoriety. Uh, I think he even does some dancing in this, which is a prelude to Footloose. Footloose, which was his breakout. But um, I think casting-wise, they did 
they did well like researching it they literally are just looking at like stage theater actors unknowns that that can act and you know they can get them on the cheap well and they they really wanted them to look they cared less about the acting and they cared more about do they look what is what is their chemistry together and do they look like they would have been camp counselors you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and yeah get it on the cheap i mean uh i think they tried to get sally field uh, for the role that Betsy, no, no, not the role that Betsy Palmer played, uh, Alice, and they were like, "Yeah, we can't mm-hmm. fucking afford that shit." <laughs> like, she's like a solid <laughs> fucking actor. We're we're not we're not ever gonna get that. Um, I mean, Betsy Palmer is the like the big actor in this, but like she was long past her like Hollywood prime. You know what I mean? Like she was in like Mr. Roberts and Queen Bee and The Tin Star. Um, she like she's old enough that she dated James Dean back in the day. Uh, because of like the work they were doing at the actor's studio or whatever. Like she was a really attractive, like Hollywood. I wouldn't say she was a starlet, but I mean, she was definitely in like, like a lot of TV with like Gleason and stuff. And then there's this big Mm -hmm. chunk of time, uh, where she's not acting after the sixties or whatever. And you know, the story of like how she came to be in this film, right? I'll say it. Basically she needed the fucking money. She, her car had broken down, and her daughter's like, hey, this uh, this Volkswagen's 10 grand. You should buy this car. And they had offered her $1,000 a day for 10 days. So she's like, she said, I don't even have, I, I should have written the, wrote in the quote down, but she basically said, and, and I'm not paraphrasing this part, the script is shit. <laughs> this is what this old lady said. She's like, this is a shit script, but $10,000 for 10 days in 1980? Fucking let's rock and roll. And it actually, she yeah. after the fact, she was very happy she was in it because, like, it kind of like she's part of this extremely famous franchise now, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Like she, she's known, right? And and one of the first female slashers. What do you Did mean? You say? What do you mean first female? Like slasher? being slasher, because be having like the horror. Like the main villain. Being oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's actually it was like a really interesting um, way to go about it doing it because you never see you never see who it is and you see men's boots and you see men's gloves and when you do see them in the POV um, and then mm-hmm. to to be like bam it's your mom motherfucker <laughs> yeah and especially somebody who had especially in Hollywood like some notoriety, some name value. Yes. Just coming in and being like, oh, there's no way it's her. Like, the, my only issue with this film, and it's one I've always had, is how much after she comes out and we see her no longer in the PLV, but, you know, face-to-face, is how much she plays with Alice compares yes. to everybody else. Yes. Right? Everybody else is just like, turns around, boom. Axe to the head, turn around, boom, knife to the head. Arrow, like, bam, bam. Yeah. People having sex. Everybody was quick. Spear, you know what like, I mean? The last one, you're like, I'm going to give you the fucking villain monologue of all villains. Oh, <laughs> even, even when like, like right before she gets decapitated, right? And she's like slapping her and like fucking hitting her. It's like, come mm-hmm. on, man. You just murdered like, I don't know how many people by this point. Um, so one of the things I, and I'm honestly like, I'm not going to be too critical on this movie. It's not Halloween. Halloween's a better movie from a filmmaking standpoint. And I'm already by like, I'm super biased and that's, that's my position. But when I was watching it, you know, I got a decent sized TV, 
But I tried to imagine 1980, that like dark, dark theater, and like that the theater surround sound, right? So you hear that thing, and you're like, oh, what's that or whatever, and like. You could see the filmmakers doing stuff with like doors shutting and or lights flickering and stuff. And I'm like, I could see why young people going to see this fucking movie and, you know, trying to get handjobs in the fucking movie theater are like, this was good. Like, I can see why this thing made $60 million. You made it on the cheap. It's got boobies. It's got fucking stabby stabby. It gives you a chance to like get your handjob on. Like, I get it. I see why it works. Like, it doesn't need to stand up to the same stuff that we're doing now because Remember, like, I mean, other than, like, things like Psycho or whatever, like, John Carpenter's Halloween came out in 78 and fucking blew the doors off everything. I mean, they basically, when I looked up the number, the re-looked up the numbers for Halloween, they made roughly the same money. I think Halloween costs, like, 375000 and this costs five hundred. Like, they're in the, the same ballparks, right? And... They just, like, it was a fucking money machine, man. Just like, ching 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 Yeah, the, like Halloween opened the door to the slasher, right? Yes. And this this film was made 100% because they were like, we're going to, um, you know, what's the word? Capitalize. Capitalize on this, right? Like, the funny story is, like, the advertising for this movie came out in 1979. They didn't even have a script. They had nothing. He just didn't know if the name Friday the 13th was taken by any other theaters or any other movies. So Sean Ants Cunningham just put the this advertising on, which is an amazing advertisement. If you see behind me, it's right there. It's just literally the, um, the name and block letters coming out of um, breaking a glass plane. And that's literally what and and, and I think he, and like, he he titled his movie like the scariest movie ever made or something like that. It's like the fucking yeah. thing's not even written. And he's like, but what great marketing. Um, and I mean, I actually really like the poster, like with the silhouettes. I think it's kind of cool. It's got like a really kind of like artistic feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. So is there anything else you want to talk about with the original other than like it? it's 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 a cult classic. It, it spawned a fucking what? Twelve? 13 franchise franchise of yeah. a bazillion movies um you know i it, mean it, it's what you know it's what got paramount pictures like like this is this this is the franchise that paramount built yes right? yes right because these movies were even they're made cheap even every single sequel that was a diminishing return it still diminished the return but it was still a profit for the company right and it would just let them build and build like literally Paramount has Jason Voorhees and Tom Cruise. <laughs> Those right. are the two <laughs> that kept them. It's true though. Like you got Top Gun, you got Days of Thunder, you got The Firm, you got all the Mission Impossibles, right? So it should be Tom Cruise versus Jason. Yeah, for that. Or, for who, who's you, Param- or you make it a buddy movie. Paramount Pictures presents Jason <laughs> Voorhees and Tom Cruise. Jason, it's Rain Man too. <laughs> Jason is Dustin Hoffman's character. You can't go around instead of calling out numbers. He's just slashing. He's just people. killing people. Tom Cruise is like, it's Tom Cruise you is like, can't, you can't do that, brother. I love you, but you you just can't be so stabby stabby. Rain like, Man how, how too. You know that, it's like, how do you know that was like premarital sex, man? Maybe there, it was like they're just in kinky shit. They're just role playing. <laughs> um how did you like the okay so moving on to friday the 13th 2009 how did you how did you like it what, what's your what are your broad strokes on it i enjoyed it like i do enjoy it it's not 
it's not one of the films that I rewatch um, constantly, but even now, like rewatching it again, um, it's enjoyable. Like I 100% admire what they tried to do, right? Especially coming off of like uh, the director coming off of the Texas Chainsaw remake. Did you like and then that? Getting this. I did with the Jordana Brewster one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did like it. Like, obviously, the original is iconic, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard too because of the grindhouse feel the original has. You kind of, you kind of feel like you're watching um, a snuff film. Yes. Where this this one, you can tell it's it's more stylized, it's more crisper, but so still, like he all three of those films. Uh, Daniel Pearl is the director of photography, the DOP. So the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Friday the 13th, 2009. Uh, I mean, the reason that uh, Marcus Nispel ended up, like, working on it is because he works with Daniel Pearl. He worked with him on uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the only reason he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre is because he knew that Daniel Pearl was going to be the DOP, right? So, like, there's a line that goes through all three of those movies because it's the same cinematics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they did well. Like, the one thing I will give this film, like, the remake that they've done, is one of the most realistic sex scenes ever in which it wasn't a one-pump chump before he dies. Like, that guy... <laughs> like, think about it. Like, Wait, which one are we sister, talking about? Which one are we talking about? Which sex scene? The middle one. Uh, when when he, he has the stupid line, like, oh, you, you have perp perfect nipple placement oh yeah 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 that chick's super hot the blonde guy yeah but yeah like think about it the the sister got out of jason's trap ran across all the um, camp crystal lake uh, across to where his house is and that guy still didn't finish boom and jason was watching jason was watching the whole time too so he, he was gonna get his off but that was a, yeah if you if you look at the first one like even the kevin bacon one right like it, it was like two pumps uh, uh uh and then she has to go he rolls over gets gets his little neck chopped yeah see that that uh that air, what is it is it like an arrow through the bottom or something like yeah. that i yeah. it's so cheesy too because you can really see the color difference between like the the actual head and then like the fake body that's underneath it um but if you think about it like you, you look at it now and it's cheesy but no one had Back ever done then, that. There was no, no one had ever done well, that. Not only that, there was no VHS. Like there was no. You're never like you only watch these films in the theaters, That's right? right? And that was it. So you would see it, and how quick it was, you'd be like, "Holy shit, that looked real!" Right? 100%. Now with now with all this stuff, where we can just stream this film, you, you, you notice the difference a lot. Same with um, well, any real film, but. Um, they even like called back to it in the 2009 instead of the arrow going through the back it was the screwdriver going through the front of the neck yeah 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 yeah. so i mean this i this this is uh my quote for this film kind of encompasses this this film very well i think so christopher borelli from the chicago tribune an suv of dramatically varied teens sluts nerdy sluts one black guy and other sluts. Visit Camp Crystal Lake. Pot is smoked. Sex is had by all. Also, topless water skiing. 
end quote. <laughs> That's this movie. This is that. That is a hundred percent this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, but this this film did do something that you know it kind of twisted the whole like horror movie rules, where like if you know you smoke, you had sex, drugs, you're gonna get killed. Well, I mean, all the those people did get killed. <laughs> uh, Danielle Panamacher, the 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 last person to die yeah when they're escaping the tunnels she was the good girl right yeah she went to hell she never did any of the drugs or any of that stuff yeah and then she got it right? she did get it that's true that was kind of the... but all the other people also got it <laughs> yes they did they did so i mean i so i th- so first off i think the opening the pre-credit that really long pre-credit murder is awesome it's very well done i mean seeing like that before the title card yeah 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 seeing that girl get lit on fire in the sleeping bag i was like this is fucking savage man this is awesome really yeah. dark great camera movement it's it's awesome it's really dynamic um the film actually falls apart though kind of after that i find i mean there was just little things that really got on my nerves so for example uh when uh clay uh, you know, is, is, you know, talking about his missing sister and like, I get it, but he's supposed to be a douchebag, but he's like so douchey. He doesn't care that this guy's like looking for his mis- like missing sister. I think just right what, there. What? We're, we're going to be best friends. We're not going to be best friends. We're not going to hang out later. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I think that if that, if, if he would have just dealt with that scene better, like in the writing, right? Like you just like, yeah. Okay. Thanks man. Blah, blah, blah. Then when then when Buddy shows up at his house, then he can be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here, man? Like, are you really even looking for your sister? Like, you actually can create a bit of, like, proper tension uh, as well. Why the fuck does Jason have her his sister? That was stupid. That entire... I get it. She, they had to put her in there so they could have, like, 30 minutes of fucking running around. Jason fucking murders everybody but not her. Come on. It's because she looked like his mom. Oh, come on. It's That's fucking ridiculous. Just get rid of that whole fucking thing. Like, th- take that section right out. That, that makes that the movie better. That was literally a callback to number Oh, no, I know. Two? With the sweater and stuff like that. I get it. It just didn't work. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, topless water skiing. That's slasher film. That's like, that's 101. You got to have some boobies. Uh, the sex scene, the boobies. You're always going to have the boobies. Um Otherwise, it's not bad. Like, it's not bad. I mean, I think I could have, I could, I could have tightened up that script. They had tons of time. Uh, they had all the right fucking money. I just don't know why they didn't. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the scenes I liked in the in the two thousand nine one was when he has like Clay has the gun, right? But he's you could tell he's never actually used it whatsoever, and he's just like randomly shooting. And then even though that girl is dead behind there, because he put the guns in it, and when he opens the door, you can see the two bullet holes in her back. Yeah. He's like, that guy killed her. So <laughs> I, when I saw him with the gun, I was like hoping, because I think that would be really cool in a slasher, is like you start shooting erratically and fucking actually kill a bunch of people first, and then the fucking guy gets you. You know what I mean? Uh, also, if... If your friend is going to just like jump down to the shed to get some tools to fix a broken chair, is that the time that you smoke weed, pull your dick out and start jerking off to like the Sears catalog? Again, if you want to do that, I think would have been a better way to make that happen is buddy goes, they go to fucking bang. He goes up and gets like, starts like being super creepy dude. Right. And then like, while he's fucking spanking his monkey. Ah, ah, and then the, ah, 
The guys on the inside are like, are you jerking off to us fucking or something like that? Like, that's way better. Don't you think? No, no, it's not. Because oh. why would you, why would you make the only like, you know, minority guy, the pervert? You, but, but jerking off to a magazine downstairs is less, is not being a pervert. Cause he was super hot. So maybe, you know, ju- maybe you, just don't get the, mine, just don't high, get the minority you know, character to do it. And there was two minority characters in that film. Anyway, yeah. uh, which both got it. So okay, let's uh, let, let's kind of like, would you recommend the first one and who too? Uh, yes, I would recommend the first one to everybody. I okay. think I think everybody should watch the first because it's like classic slasher. It's part of an important piece of yeah. Film in history. terms of the like in your face nudity, like there's there's not a lot in the first one. You mean not enough? No, there's not a lot. It can it it builds. It has you know the whole sequel re, uh, rules it, following there, where a lot of them go crazy after. But this one, it is a tight and and in terms of the original, one of the scenes that I enjoyed the most was kind of the callback to Halloween, where she goes into the wooden pantry yep. and locks the door, and then Betsy Palmer breaks that door down kind of like that made me think uh, of the shining actually they're like here's johnny which is interesting except that you those films both came out in the same year the shining and the original uh friday the 13th came out at the same time so it it is it can't be a callback but when i saw it when she sticks her head through that wooden door i was like fucking jack nicholson man (laughs) did she stick her head i thought she just Looked through it and oh, unlocked the door. Maybe, maybe. Um, kind of like Michael did through the closet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and what about Friday the 13th, 2009? Do you recommend it? And if so, to who? I do recommend it. It is, you know, the highest grossing film in this franchise. And I think what it, like I was saying before, what it does is if you don't want to go through nine fucking movies of Jason, you can just watch this one and pretty much gets the gist of, okay, how does he go from Ragman to Baghead to hockey mask and, you know, jump out of the water at the end. Do you wish they would have uh, continued? Cause there was, there was another script written that was supposed to come after uh, the 2009 film, but it, it didn't go into production. So yeah, it's it, like, it is the sequels kind of, well, the continuation of Friday the 13th kind of in limbo right now. Cause I believe what I read as well is right now there is a property dispute between Sean S Cunningham and the writer okay. on who actually owns the copyright of this now because of how long it's gone. Cunningham's gone to court saying that the writer was work for hire so he he has no copyright of the film where the other guy says I'm the one that came up with the idea right you're talking uh, Miller so he's like taking Miller to court yeah yeah so they're kind of in limbo now and I think that's one of the reasons why but in terms of sequels like the best one I've ever heard was actually a tweet from Stephen King back when COVID first started, like uh, he tweeted it June 15th, 2020. And this is what he tweeted. The best novel idea I never wrote and probably never will is I, Jason, the first person narrative of Jason Voorhees as his Ellis faced. He is killed over and over again at Camp Crystal Lake. 
what a house existential fate. <laughs> Just actually having a movie from Jason's perspective of literally like, you know, going to this camp and constantly being killed over and over again and how much that like fucking drives him crazy. I think that alone is fucking amazing. And and only Stephen King could be the guy that uh that writes that movie. So uh I mean I I would say the I, I the first one sure watch it. I mean there's some really cool uh uh POV style cinematography in it. I mean, but again, you could watch Halloween. They do it fucking better. Uh, the 2009, I mean, I could take it or leave it. I mean, if you want, watch the first fucking 20 minutes and then just turn the fucking movie off. So that's all I've got. <laughs> and that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at How Do You Like That One? Or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. But same with director Marcus Nis- uh, Nispel. So he did Spice Up Your Life for the Spice Girls, Ready or Not by the Fugees. Spiderweb for no doubt and then like a bunch of stuff for cnc music factory including everybody dance now and like gonna make you sweat and stuff and i'm like holy shit those are like huge fucking music videos especially in my time and that's where these guys got their start was like working on music videos i, I just think it's super interesting yeah yes you know what would have been interesting what? if you said this during the podcast yeah but now we'll just use it as a soundbite <laughs> <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.